Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Oklahoma Breakdown. I am Matt Ravis. My podcasting partner is Jack Shields. We are brought to you by Crimson and Cream Machine, uh, Oklahoma's SB Nation community. Follow us on Twitter at CC Machine for all of the uh, newest Oklahoma updates. Not just on football. I uh, remember basketball season's coming up. Baseball, uh, we got you covered on all bases. Today's episode, episode uh, we are previewing Oklahoma's matchup with Kansas State. Bill Snyder. Uh, comes down to Norman. It's homecoming, everybody. So that's uh, that's pretty exciting, right? Today we talked to Eddie Rudosovic uh, about the new uh, beer sales in, in in Oklahoma. So not this year. Uh, apparently next year it's a pilot program, but you will be able to drink beer in Gaylord Family Memorial Stadium. So we talked to Eddie about that. Uh, he's got a message for uh, the... Uh, Milk drinkers, I would say, who don't like the idea of alcohol in the stadium. So, um, yeah, we talked to Eddie today. I uh, definitely appreciate you tuning in to the Oklahoma Breakdown podcast. Coming up next, Eddie Rudosovich. All right, we welcome in our guest, Sooner Scooper, my co-worker, Eddie Rudosovich, co-host. I call you co-host. I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know what the actual uh, name is. You get up really, really early. Yeah, I get up and kind of deliriously walk in at five o'clock in the morning and sit here for four hours. So it's not too bad. Eddie Rudosovich, how are you, Eddie? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, no problem, man. We are in the uh, the wake of the Kansas State game. Bill Snyder coming into town, possibly. Uh, and I don't want to say this in a morbid way. I'm not trying to say that he's going to die or anything, but this could be Bill Snyder's last trip to Norman. It could be. Theoretically, As a coach, or it could be his, or, like, 10th to last trip to Norman. <laughs> was, so it's impossible to tell with him. Taco so. Bell keeps that man alive, so. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, I guess we'll start here. Uh, news yesterday, or as of recording yesterday, uh, took OU took its first step bringing beer to Memorial Stadium. Who would have thought? Who would have thought right. the day would come? Five years ago, I would not have thought the day would come. We've only been calling for it for Forever. Forever. Yeah, it's, it was uh, it was incredible, and I you know I I didn't go down a lot into the board of regents meeting, but it was one of those things that when the president of the university uh, you know says or puts it on the agenda, we knew it was going to probably be passed, and uh, they finally uh, I guess they're calling it a pilot program, and it was the kind of the same thing that OSU did uh, in Stillwater the way they ran it out, so it's uh it's a good thing. Like I I don't understand the people that like taking away the family atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. I just, like, I, A, Joe Castiglione and Jim Gallagher wouldn't put it out there if they thought it was going to ruin your game day atmosphere. So I don't think there's anything to worry about. Uh, and they're going to make a buku of money off of it. Yeah, so it's absolutely. a win-win. Yeah. No, anytime those regents sniff money, I mean, you, you may as well uh, consider it passive. You have a message to people who uh, 
potentially a message for the that? soft society who are against this. What uh? What are the parameters? You can say of, whatever uh, the hell you want. I, I, you I just I, I think it's fuck. I, I think it's fucking stupid that yeah. people are like that. I, I just don't understand it. But at the same time, it's like. I guess if I had kids, like I'm 31, single, and don't really have kids. I don't don't really. I I don't have kids. Uh, I hope, uh, but like I I guess I could understand if you're worried about taking your kids and you know they get beer spilled on them or something like that. But I haven't really like honestly. I haven't heard of any problems up at uh, Boone Pickens this season. No, I mean, and they, they didn't have any problems during baseball season. No, not at all. And I mean, I, I you know take this for what you will, but. They've said, you know, the reports from all these other schools, they've actually had a decreased number of alcohol-related incidents over these past few years. Well, doesn't it like, isn't it supposed to curb uh, binge Pre- drinking? Pre-game drinking and stuff yeah, like that. For yeah, sure. so it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I'll buy it. But uh, one other sort of overlooked aspect of this, in the long run or maybe even in the short term, do you think this will ultimately help attendance for men's basketball at the LNC? I don't think it, I don't think it'll hurt. No, and like I, I I've already talked to some buddies that they would probably be more apt to get out of the house on a Tuesday night and go down to Norman to watch a game and have a couple beers uh, than uh, than you know what they have in the last couple years because I I, I don't think anybody that has uh, you know covered OU or an OU fan or just gone down to Lloyd Noble or wherever collegiately. I mean, numbers in college basketball are way down right now, mm-hmm, yeah. and I, I just you have to figure out ways to get people in the stands. And you know, I don't know how much that uh, I don't know I don't I really don't know how much it's hurt that the Thunder in, in, are in town. And I see it, it feels like they've been around for so long that I don't know. I, I I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like when you go head to head with the Thunder, you're going to have a select group of people that go down to Norman yeah. every Monday, every Tuesday, every Saturday, whenever they play in the in the winter. And I just uh, I I definitely think it'll help. I I don't see any drawbacks. I mean, uh, I get you know I I guess you do have the to worry about you know people driving home and stuff like that. But I mean, for the most part, I, I would hope everybody is responsible enough that it would never become a problem like that. I don't really envision in you know anything out of the ordinary. Honestly, no. I mean, if you're gonna get tanked, you're probably sneaking some shit in, and that's already happening. Yeah, you're so already doing yeah, that. Exactly, you're already a problem. And yeah. and you might have a problem if you're doing that on like a Tuesday <laughs> night, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. I guess so. But uh, you're you know, be doing that anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether it be at a game or wherever. Yeah, exactly. Now, keeping our man of the people hat on here, you know, uh, for a second, let's. Talk about this Big 12 kickoff time. Yeah. Yeah, with the, the uh, possibility of an OU-Texas rematch, how badly did the Big 12 miss a layup here? I mean... <sighs> I mean, I, I, it sucks. Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie. 11 a.m. sucks for the fans. It sucks for the players. Uh, well, I don't know if it does suck for the players. We've talked to the players before about, like, getting up and playing... Is so much better than having to sit around in a hotel yeah, all day. Bob Stoops seemed to like it. From oh what yeah, I remember, I, yeah, I remember Shane Beamer was like very vocal about it here at the beginning of the season about how he loves it of getting the guys up and not having to worry about what they're doing all day and things like that. But uh, you know, it, it sucks. But at the same time, I don't know. A, you wouldn't want to go on Friday night. I don't think I'm a fan of that of going against the Pac-12 or you know flipping the Pac-12. Yeah. Say that they go in the afternoon sometime. I don't think you'd want to play that game on a Friday night. Uh, you don't want to go up against the SEC, so that leaves one of two options. You're going to play 11 a.m. or, you know, go against the ACC, and TV's just not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I, I understand the frustration. I'm secretly, 
I've I've become a fan of the 11 a.m. game. I like getting done early, uh, just as far as <laughs> coverage wise, and not having to sit around uh, till four o'clock. Or, I mean, at four a.m. or wherever, or wherever, whenever. But uh, it sucks. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The Big 12 is kind of in a bad spot, but at the same time. I mean, if you want to go really Big 12 homer spin, you could say that you have the entire country watching as well uh, at 11 a.m. Uh, I guess outside of the West Coast, maybe, uh, the crazies that aren't getting up at 9 a.m. to watch that game. Yeah. But, I mean— OU I'd... Texas at 11 a.m., that is a big draw for that time. So, oh, yeah. I mean, there's that side of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like—what are we, like five, six weeks out now from yeah. December 1st? Uh, everything is lining up towards OU and Texas having a rematch, but— I'm sure one of the two teams will screw it up at some point. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking so. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, oh, oh, I could see Texas getting beaten. With it being an 11 a.m. game, I'm thinking OU is destined to be in this game. So that's that's <laughs> that, one way. To I, think I, I about saw a lot it. of people saying that yesterday. Is uh, they they have uh, they're well conditioned to the 11 a.m. Oh, yeah. game? For yeah, sure. absolutely. I mean, you've got a routine at this point. I mean, we dealt with it last year with TCU. So I mean, you you know. You can get to Jerry World pretty early. I mean, yeah, can... and you can. I've been pleasantly surprised in the times that I've covered games at Jerry World, just as far as like getting in and out. It seems like it's pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, now I haven't been there for like. I guess I haven't left like immediately after a game, so I don't know. Yeah. It has to be easier than getting out of the uh, damn Texas State Fair, though. I've oh, heard horror oh, stories yeah, about Horrible. that. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're yeah. waiting for the light rail. That's a that's a yes, bad one. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to uh, Spencer Rattler. Oh, you commit out of yeah. Arizona. This a weird deal, and we probably won't know the extent of it due to uh, privacy laws, yeah, all that sort of thing. But um, I mean, you think this is something OU fans need to be concerned about? I mean, I don't know about concerned about is the right way to put it. I I, I think that you know, anytime a kid gets in trouble, it it should raise some type of red flag. Uh, and you know, with that said, I guess you have to say that. Everything that we've known about Spencer Rattler is, you know, a good student, good kid. Uh, maybe this is one of those deals that, you know, it's just a flash in the pan, hopefully. Uh, you know, maybe it's just one of those deals that uh, I, I remember what I got into in high school or the situations <laughs> that I got into. Yes. And I can't really project anything like that. So uh, you would hope that it's a one-time deal and he learns from it or whatever it was. Uh, you know, I, I did think it was interesting the way that they labeled it uh, in the uh, Arizona Gazette story or whatever it was in, uh, just as far as like a district policy, yeah. not a school yeah. policy, uh, which makes me think that it was something that happened on campus. But, yeah. uh, you know, you can you can I you can use your imagination on on uh, what high school kids do these days. But uh, it will be interesting. You know, I, I think it is interesting that. Uh, you know, this is now the second quarterback that Lincoln Riley's gone after that's gotten in trouble in high school. Uh, Chris Robinson got arrested. Mm. Yeah, uh, I don't. I, in, you know, that obviously didn't work out uh, in Norman. And you know, I certainly don't think it's the same situation as uh, Spencer Rattler. I think that everything that we've learned about Spencer, he has his head on straight, probably a little bit more than Chris Robinson did coming out of high school, but maturity wise. But that's at least the way I see it. Yeah, I mean, yeah the definitely. Way he carries himself. Yeah, he, he carries himself much. You don't. I, I haven't seen Spencer Rattler uh, wearing any yellow sunglasses <laughs> lately. Uh, but <laughs> that, was uh, that was that was so bad. That's one of those pictures that in twenty years, Chris Robinson is going to have to look back and be like. He's going to have to own it and be like, yeah, I wore that. Uh, but, you know, it, hopefully it's a one-time deal. Uh, you know, everything in the fallout since the suspension or since the announcement of the, the suspension has been, uh, you know, Oklahoma still plans to sign him in December. And there's no change about that. So uh, if it doesn't bother Oklahoma and, you know, specifically uh, Lincoln Riley uh, and uh, Joe Castiglione and, you know, everybody that's probably had to 
kind of voice their opinion on it, uh, I don't think it's that big of a deal. So, I mean, it does suck for him that he's uh, going to have to sit and watch his team play. And, you know, I don't know if it's going to end up costing him a state championship, but something he's going to have to live with. I mean, he's like one of the best Arizona football players of all he's time. He's a record. Yeah. High school. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just can't believe that they would just rule him. And, and again, we don't know what if actually you be a real conspiracy, If you want to be a real conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theorist, I think he set like the Arizona State record like two weeks ago for passing all time. Hmm. Wonder if they held. You almost wonder if like last week, did they hold yeah. on to it? Yeah, uh, our yeah. guy Josh McQuishan was gonna. He was literally twelve hours away from getting on a plane to go see Spencer Rattler, and uh, the story breaks that he was gonna sit out. And you know, ESPN put it out because he, the game was being televised yeah. on ESPN, and you know, his quote unquote an MCL injury. Who knows if he really had a knee injury, but. Uh, yeah, it was. It's a tough situation. Uh, he's gonna, you know, the thing that sucks for him is come uh, All Star Game week, he's gonna have to go down to San Antonio and kind of, I guess, face the music a little bit and talk mm-hmm. to reporters about what. I don't know if you can necessarily get into what happened, but uh, that'll be a big week for him. I, I certainly don't think he's gonna lose his fifth star on Rivals, but uh, you know, he can't go out there and you know, I guess, shit the bed. And yeah, things things could go differently, but you know, who who cares that 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 kind of stuff. Uh, as far as star rankings, he'll already be, have been signed. It won't really matter by then. So, uh, you know, the one thing that, uh, you know, the, the bigger deal for me with Spencer Rattler is uh, he's not going to graduate early. And, you know, mm-hmm. I th- if you've seen how that's unfolded in Stillwater, uh, you know, I, I think Spencer Sanders would be the starter right now yeah, if he would have been there in June. And uh, it's, it's just one of those deals. It's like... Nowadays, if you want to start as a freshman, you almost have to get there in June. It's it's just uh, it's so hard to kind of play catch up, and uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Austin Kendall and Tanner Mordecai over the summer if uh, if Rattler uh, or I guess during the spring if Rattler uh, doesn't get there. Yeah, exactly. Now moving on to the team itself, the defense, you know, yards per play and stuff like that. It seemed like a lot of efficiency numbers sort of stayed the same, but. The one real big difference you saw was uh, on third downs. Yeah, that, that's that's a well getting off sight. the field. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much better things go when you get off the field on third down. But uh, you know, did well in certain areas. You know, which change that you saw this past past week do you think seemed to be the most impactful? It's it's really generic and it's kind of a cliche answer, but just like the simplicity of everything. Yeah, you didn't have guys, and I know. I mean, every anybody that's watched No U game the last six years, honestly, would get so frustrated when they would look over to the sidelines. It was like the offense doing the same thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you burn a timeout and, you know, who knows what happens in the Texas game if you don't have to burn two timeouts early in the second half. So They didn't do that at all last week, did they? No, they, they didn't. Call they, they, they didn't call a timeout the entire game, which, like, I, I would have to – it would take some time <laughs> to go back and look to see when the last time that that happened was. That's but, been a gripe for years. That's yeah, going like, a it's bit. just – it's a waste of a – it's a waste of a timeout. Like, yeah. I, you should never have to use a timeout unless there's – you know, I could understand a fourth and one at the 30 with the game on the line and yeah. they bring somebody out and, you know, you look at the formation, you call a timeout or something. But, uh, you know, I thought it was really interesting after the game that Ruff and McNeil talked about how at noon on Wednesday they don't add anything. And you talked to Robert Barnes, uh, we did on Tuesday, or you talked to, hell, you talked to Kenneth Murray or Curtis Bolton after the game. Just the idea of kind of knowing, I think, what you're doing as opposed to like, reacting to a call, I think did wonders for him. And, you know, we'll see. I There were still guys open. I thought Michael Collins missed some throws there, especially in the second half. Uh, you know, and they're going to be tested when they go to Lubbock uh, next week with Alan Bowman, uh, obviously with Will Greer, and then, you know, whoever whoever they run out in the Big 12 Championship if they get there. But 
I thought it was important that you know the I think the the Ruffin McNeil quote about um, I think it's a cloudy mind, cloudy feet, or something like that. I forgot what the verbatim was, but uh, I, I think that has done wonders. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that they tackled better uh, with with all that. So it was better. I mean, it was it was definitely improved. They got off the field on third down. That's all you can ask for after what we saw at the Cotton Bowl. And uh, you know, I, I they still need to uh, probably. Get some better play out of those guys up front, but it's kind of a work in progress. When I, I like to think that they bottomed out at the Cotton Bowl and you, they're starting to work their way back up, so uh, it's almost like you have the lowest of expectations right now for this group, and uh, so you're pleasantly surprised when they do anything. And I, that's kind of a harsh way to put it, but after what we saw in uh, you know against Texas, and then obviously what they did against Army when they got the ball ran down the throat, this week is kind of the same same test uh, as far as. Can you get off the field? Can you build a lead? And uh, you know, specifically, can you can you be physical with people? And I, I think that question is is largely looming right now with this group. That is a perfect segue into our next question. You know, you've had a few uh, rumblings from Bill Schneider and others. You know, mentioning something about trying to you know control the clock and sure. sort of emulating not not obviously with the triple option, but you know, sort of emulating with arm what uh, what what uh, Army did trying to. Uh, you know, chew up a bunch of the clock and control time of possession and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, this Kansas State offense, it obviously doesn't jump off the page as far as all the metrics are concerned, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not at all. But uh, do you think OU fans should be a bit concerned about this particular matchup coming in? I don't know if concern would be the right word. Maybe cautious. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I mean, I, this team has every chance that they've had to get physical with a team. They haven't. And... You know, I'm not definitely not saying they've cowered at the idea of getting physical, but Army ran the ball down the throat. Texas, when when you needed a stop on third and one or third and three, you couldn't get it against Texas. You got dragged by L.J. Humphrey. Uh, you got dragged by uh, you know whoever uh, was back there. So uh, they they they've struggled with it. I don't think it's going to change overnight, but I do think that you can maybe make a step in the right direction this week as far as. Getting a couple stops early, and you know it's kind of cliche to say about these these teams that want to run the ball on Oklahoma, but if you can get them in a hole early, which you know I think that they'll have an opportunity to on Saturday, uh, you can take advantage of what they want to do, kind of almost flip the game plan on them. Yeah, and uh, that's that's what they did in 2012 when they when uh, Kansas State came down here and won. Uh, that's what they did a couple years ago when they were trying to keep it close. They owned the time of possession, and it seemed like OU was never on the field. So uh, it'll be interesting, though. I, I, I don't know. I kind of struggle with it just for the fact that I think this isn't a normal Kansas State team as far as they struggle so much offensively. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they've, they've started to head in the right direction with Skylar Thompson finally yeah. kind of, I guess, implementing himself as the quarterback up there or Bill Snyder putting him in there. But uh, it's been so tough for them to move the ball. And, you know, even going back to the, I think it was the Oklahoma State game up in Manhattan, OSU had multiple opportunities to be up by 7, 10 points at yeah. halftime. And mm-hmm. that game probably... It, it definitely turned one way. It might have turned the other way had they been able to build a lead. So, uh, you know, it, it certainly helps when you play in Norman, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. They're, they need big games out of those guys that, uh, you know, like a Ronnie Perkins and Neville Gallimore. Uh, I think you'll see more of that four man front that you saw last week against TCU, and it seemed to seemed to help a little bit. And it'll be uh, it'll be interesting if they can build off what they did down in uh, Fort Worth. 
Now, circling back to this alcohol discussion, Joe C., he cited a decreased desire to pound booze outside as sort of a reason for the decrease in alcohol-related incidents, which is what sort of we mentioned earlier. But uh, to the best of your recollection, and I stress that, what's the sloppiest you've ever gotten before a home game, and what were you drinking? Oh, man. It probably would have been in college for sure. Uh, Let's hope so, yeah. <laughs> there was an OU Nebraska game. Uh, it was actually the night. I, I, I said on air it was a Kansas game, and somebody corrected me. It was the, it was a Nebraska game. It was the night. Uh, it was 2008, uh, the night of uh, the Texas-Texas Tech-Michael Crabtree game. Mm. And I distinctly remember, like, being passed out at my buddy's house. Everybody, you know, at my fraternity brother's house, everybody's, like, out in the front. And I'm back in one of the rooms. And I distinctly remember, like, the roar and, like, looking up and seeing Crabtree, like, tipping toe down the sidelines. And it was, like, one of those, like, all right, that's cool. And then just immediately (laughs) passing back out before we went back out to the bars that night. Uh, That was pretty – that was pretty slop. Uh Honestly, it seemed like sometimes the away games, like if you didn't travel, that was the day to like really get shit-faced. And uh, Miami was pretty sloppy. Uh, The the away game, Miami, that would have been 2009. Uh, That was pretty sloppy. Uh, There was Bedlam games when I had buddies come down, though, that, I mean, anytime the OSU comes down or anytime that we went up to Stillwater – as a group, that was that was always a pretty good time. And then, obviously, um, OU Texas weekend for like five years was kind of like just like a blur. I, I, I tweeted about it during the OU Texas week uh, this past year, but like staying at the Adams Mark was one of the most like incredible spring break in Dallas, Texas experiences of all time. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you bring that up. Uh, I did Hotwire this year for. Uh group of friends and I this year to stay at OU Texas and it put us at the Sheraton no which kidding. used to be the yeah. Adams Mark and uh, it's still alive I is mean, it? you know it's girls throwing up in the oh, lobby yeah. and shit like oh, yeah. that and crying for no reason <laughs> yes. it's the you know whole th- whole deal I mean it was a bit more of a mixed OU Texas yeah. situation this it, time around it was I would say from like 2004-ish to 2000 shit I mean as long as I was there 2009-2010 it was probably Seventy-five to eighty percent of you. I would say so. Yeah, like absolutely. maybe even like nine into the ninety percent aisle. Yeah. Like it was, it was a phenomenal time, and I just always like kept remembering, or I kept thinking like each year when we would get ready to book it. It's like I can't believe they're letting us come yeah, back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what's the point? What am I missing this here? This whole property just gets destroyed. Like, they must purposefully, like, like every time, like people stealing. Looking like you know, Motley grew up in there. Yeah, stealing yeah. art and stuff like that and ripping down exit signs and stuff like that. There was a lot of that, and, you know, it just you know, vomit everywhere. And they might have they might as well not even have put up like no smoking signs because <laughs> yeah, people would just smoke wherever yeah. wherever you were in that building. Yeah. It was just incredible. Yeah. It was definitely unique for sure. Um now, let's see here. Let, we're going to the rapid fire. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. What's your favorite campus corner establishment? Uh, probably 747. Okay. Now, going back to Campus Corner establishments of yesteryear, which are no longer with us, what's your favorite one of those? Can I go with Brothers? Yeah. I mean, it's it's technically, is it still on campus? It's, I, like, have it's, they, they moved it where Step like Brothers was? Station yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. Kind of that, yeah. north. Brothers on Wednesday night, uh, like, my summer. freshman and sophomore year going yeah. into uh, college, that was like... 
That was Epiphany. That yeah. was like the place to be. Uh, I remember they had a they had a band. Uh, Nello used to play there. And like Nello, they uh, one of my buddies had Nello come play at his like wedding. Oh yeah, and I, Nello's like since then has like kind of gotten big, yeah. but it was like the perfect college bar though. Yeah, it was so awesome. Very easy to get the X off. Absolutely, yes, yes. Like yes absolutely, yeah, was, absolutely. And the only place in the world that like you knew they were watering down the beer. Yeah, you knew Keith oh, yeah. was watering down the beer, and it's like, nah, it's all right. <laughs> Speaking of watered down beer, that's about to bring me to another question here. Um, what would you estimate are the most beers you ever drank at Mr. Bill's in one sitting? Oh, my God. Or one night, at least. There were a couple, like, bingo nights that... Was that, like, on Wednesday or Thursdays? I, it was during the week. Yeah, yeah it was I mean, a weeknight. Yeah. Um, I lived at the Fiji house my sophomore year, so we would just we'd just walk, walk over. over. Yeah. And it was awesome. Uh, like, that is one thing that kids are being, like, deprived of, yeah. is an experience of Mr. Bill's, because, like, that was the... That was like brothers. It was like a, I don't know if people like this, but it was like a trashier brothers. And oh, yeah. I absolutely loved every oh, yeah. second of it. Honestly, it was one of those deals like you just would lose track. Uh, there was a lot of firsts at Bill's. Probably <laughs> those mugs were just amazing too. Yeah. Like they I, I couldn't. They were very big, but they were always. Were they, they like were just perfect probably like for chugging. six or eight ounces? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was amazing. It, it was, you know, probably. I mean, I'm sure that beer. I'm sure that we ran like, through 25 or 30 yeah. of those easily, yeah, absolutely easily, and you wouldn't be full either. I mean, it was no. it was a very unique situation. You knew you were shit faced when you were uh, ordering food at Bills. <laughs> yeah, and it was all they actually a, it was actually not bad. They had like a chicken enchilada queso there or something like that. Yes. That was bomb. I yeah. remember. Yeah, I, I definitely had that a few times and was not ashamed of it. It was <laughs> fantastic. Speaking of food, though, what's the go to order at Diamond Dogs? Uh, I. You know, as odd as it is, I don't stray too far off the, like, beaten path. I think their cheeseburger is, like, very underrated for Canvas Corner. I've never had which it. Which is, like, insane at Diamond Dogs. Like, you would think you'd go straight hot dog. Yeah. Uh, I think it, I think their burger might be one of the better burgers, though, in Norman, as odd as that is. Mm. Uh, and then uh, the, uh, just the, a chili cheese dog with everything minus the mustard. There you go. You get, like, three or four of those, and you're pretty good for the day. Hell, yeah. Uh, favorite all-time moment at Owen Field? Man, that's a good question. I mean, probably, like, I'll give you two. Like, growing up probably was OU Nebraska for, like, any kid, yeah. any kid that grew up in, you know, that era. I got on the field as a sixth grader. That yeah. was, I mean, that was a unique experience. Okay, I, I was in, uh, <laughs> I would have been in 2000, I would have been in eighth grade. Yeah. So, uh, like, I remember, like, getting there early for game day, and all that was, like, so unique at the time. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I remember going to games when, like, with my family when it was, like, I, I think it would have been 97, a maybe. A ghost town in the Blake Oh, era. a ghost yeah. town. And, like, uh, I remember sitting through, like, a 70 to 3 game, like a Texas A&M game. A, uh, the, I think there was, like, a 79-6 Nebraska game. Yeah, there were a few of those, I think. That, uh, that was, like, in 96, 97, 98, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, definitely the 2000 OU Nebraska game was probably, like, the first, like, I guess the first taste of, like, what was about to happen, like a kind of a kind of a cock tease, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and then probably 2008 OU Tech was pretty awesome. Uh, that was just kind of like I, I knew a bunch of the players. I was friends with Sam. We went to high school together yeah. up in North. So it was like that was like kind of a very meaningful game, uh, just kind of like a holy shit, this is happening type, type yeah. feel. Uh, as far as like covering a game at OU – 
since I've started uh, working for the scoop, I, there's been a lot of good games. I mean, I mean, I thought even though they lost, I thought OU Notre Dame in 2012 was awesome. Like I thought the that scene was that, great. That scene was amazing. The entire day was awesome. Uh, th- really, that that entire series, even even like the follow up trip in 2013, was amazing to yeah. South Bend. Yeah. That's probably that and uh, the trip to Knoxville is definitely yeah. by far and away. And Ohio State, those are my three favorite. Uh, probably have to go like four A would be Tallahassee. Yeah. they've been those yeah. those all been good trips. But uh, you know, Tech was awesome in 2008, and then um, what year was the? Bedlam, uh, Brennan Clay overtime touchdown. Oh, 2012. 2012, yeah. yeah. That was a, probably a pretty good – that was a pretty good atmosphere and game. Uh, so, yeah, those are those are probably three that stick out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude, I, I went to – I think it was all the road games you mentioned except for Ohio State. I really Ohio State was awesome. I regret missing that one. The one that surprised me the most, I think, was Florida State with how raucous yeah. that – Yeah. No, that, that was, was – I, I, a year later, I went to grad school there because of it because I was, I was impressed by the environment. Tallahassee's not a place – Tallahassee's not, not bad. a bad place to uh, – Tallahassee reminds me a little bit of – and this might be a terrible comparison. Go for it. It reminds me a little bit of Morgantown and kind of a – like a – Trashy bar scene no, type I way. Yes, totally very. Do you see that? Very, like, yeah. No, you nailed it on the head with that. <laughs> as far as just you. like the bar scene, well, yeah. Like you Probably got, not the definitely not the towns. The town it, it reminds me of Columbia, South Carolina. They're okay. basically clones, okay. essentially, because yeah. they're both capitals. They're both yeah. about two hundred and fifty thousand people, both full of you know pretty yeah. good looking women. So, you play you know. people, you know, though, and you hear, oh, the fans so gracious, so happy to have you. That was not my experience in Tallahassee. No, it was no. not. No, no. I, I do remember, like, pulling up, uh, we're, we're pulling up to, like, the media lot or whatever, and uh, I remember seeing, like, these co-eds walk by with, like, these jeans with their asses hanging out, yep, and I, cow- I, turned to, cowgirls, yeah. I turned to Carrie, and I was like, I think we're here. That's I think, I, 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 I think we've be. made she it. She started that. She's, did she really? She did, yeah. Yeah, she's legendary for that. Tallahassee she's, is, I mean, I could see why people, like, you see those videos online or, like, um, you know, like older or schmacked or whatever, yeah. and it's like I can see why people would want to go to school here. A month after starting grad school, I concluded if I had come here for undergrad, I would not have graduated. It like I loved OU. OU was a lot of fun. OU, you know, it could definitely be a party, but just a little, I guess. I don't know, fewer inhibitions down in uh, Tallahassee. I guess. I mean, it's I guess a little more. Not politically, but a little more liberal of an environment. No, no, for I mean, sure. It's, I it's think that you get the same thing in, uh, like, uh, you know, Phoenix and yeah, Scottsdale or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've always, like, don't get me wrong. I loved my time at Oklahoma. I loved everything about it. But, uh, like, you see you see videos from, like, Madison yeah. and, like, Tallahassee yeah. and, like, these huge-ass party schools. It's like, man, I, I kind of wish I would have been able world. to uh, experience that. OU could hold that. its own, but it was basically – it was largely restricted to Greek life right? as far as that right. kind of stuff is right. concerned. I mean, and I got down to Norman were, a year after they went, yeah. quote-unquote, dry. So you had to be, like, really careful about everything. Like, that was still when uh, – oh, what's it called? Uh, IFC was yeah, still, like, they were, real yeah. big and everything. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, – I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's still a great school to go to and uh, – it's just fun to see everybody else, how they get down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely an experience. Uh, now, one final question. Or actually, we got one more. You think Trey Sermon's going to play on Saturday? No. I, I think that they'll hold him out on Saturday. I think he's been I – don't, I don't even think he's practiced this week. Oh, so okay. uh, I think that it, they'll give him this week 
in anticipation of being ready for uh, Lubbock. Gotcha. And that it just seems like that's kind of the way that everything's been moving towards. I think Marquise Brown will play this week, or at least try to give it a go. Uh, I think it's one of those situations with Trey Sermon that, like, they're really lucky that he got away with a kind of a another. Yeah. Like he he avoided another massive injury. He's had like two major scares yeah. in the last oh, what? Yeah, that seven months. Game, I thought he was done. Yeah, it's. I thought this one was worse. Just really? as far as like watching it live. Okay. Like I thought he broke his leg, uh, and you know it sounds like he's gotten away with like no torn ligaments or broken bones. Obviously, uh, so I, I think that he'll be fine uh, moving forward. But I do think they'll, uh, I guess, kind of take it slowly with him. Gotcha. And uh, and I, I would be a little surprised if he played on Saturday. But with that said, as well as Oklahoma's offensive line's playing right now, I think Kennedy Brooks is, you know, he, he I don't know if, like, last week was, I guess, I guess when you rush for a career high, you have to call it your breakout game, but uh, that was kind of a breakout game for him. I mean, yeah. 168 yards or whatever it was. Uh, I, I think he runs the ball extremely well, and they kind of complement each other really yeah, well. It, so. n- nothing about his running style really, you know, wows you necessarily it's weird but isn't it, it? it it's it, it looks like i was watching the riley show with my dad and he was like man i guess uh that kennedy brooks has long legs or something like that because it looks like he's not running very fast and i'm thinking deceptive maybe he's just not really that fast <laughs> i mean but i mean he obviously is really efficient i mean he's has great instincts it seems like great yeah. vision and i mean what, if you're running behind an offensive line like that then i mean you're gonna it, be in good shape it's not a coincidence that they're really starting to kind of I don't know if turn the corners the right word because they played okay all year, but they're really starting to play yeah. extreme. Like one of those groups that everybody thought this group could be one of the better groups in the country. Yeah, and you know I remember uh, I think it was after the might have been after the Iowa State game. Uh, Beatembo said something to the effect of he thought this group could be better than they were last year. And I remember tweeting that out, and people thought that that was like the craziest thing that had ever been said. Yeah, but you're I think you're starting to see a little cohesion with Creed Humphrey and. Um, you know, the thing with Kennedy Brooks, too, is is the fact that he led DFW as a senior in rushing. Like, yeah. he is a extremely accomplished running back yeah. as far as, uh, you know, I think he won the Landry Award uh, in the DFW area, uh, Metro, his senior season. And he was going to play last year if he didn't have the shoulder injury. So um, they, I, th- I think they found something with him, and it certainly helps when you have an offensive line like uh, like the group that they have yeah, up there right exactly. now. exactly, especially one that's clicking at the Yeah, end. absolutely. So, one final thing. What is your favorite OU-related conspiracy theory? Ooh. That's a good one. Uh, the Man, I love conspiracy theories, too. Uh, like OU football or just like OU anything? OU maybe football, but in general, yeah. I'd, I'd buy that. Okay. Warren is a vampire. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I have heard, like, weird things... Uh, about like the statues and stuff across the street from uh, David Boren's house. That I don't know what that like the president's house. I don't know if it means anything, but I'm sure you can Google it and see. Uh, I won't. I won't divulge it here on the uh, podcast. But uh, probably, I I think the the one that's always been good is that there was like a a handshake agreement that Lincoln Riley wouldn't get rid of Mike Stoops. Yeah. Uh, which, <laughs> looking back on it, he might have, he, he probably should have about yeah. five months ago. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that that there was some kind of agreement that they would keep Mike Stoops on. Uh, you know, I that one's always kind of got me. Uh, I'm, like, blanking on 
on really good ones now that I feel like I'm going to be driving away from here and I'm like, ah, that was one that I should the have said. The one that I keep bringing up to people, and I, I don't necessarily believe this, but people keep encouraging me and enabling me after I bring it up, and it's that Boren decided to build those dorms on Lindsay Street just to kill tailgating. That's, I mean, I I don't think that's true, but it's sort of in the back of my mind. You think maybe there's nothing to make me think that that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, like mean, that point. was that was like one of the lowest. That was one of the lowest points of like, oh, you fandom just as far as yeah. knowing that tailgating had been killed on Lindsay because that was like you talk about like the most drunk atmospheres yeah. you, you've been in in college. That just walking up and down Lindsay yeah. Street from. You know, whenever to whenever before a game, uh, drinking Boone's Farm at nine a.m. It's like <laughs> that was that was the height of college experience, and uh, and yeah, he killed it. And now it turns out that that was like a very ill-conceived, a, yeah, like uh, a massive money blow to the yeah. university uh, with nobody living in those dorms anymore. So Good thing nobody currently. said that at the time. Oh wait, everybody. Was yeah, that yeah, yeah. Every person said that, which is you know, in a way, I, I guess. You know, David Bourne's obviously going to be remembered for a lot of things and, you know, a lot of good things for what Mostly he did for positive, the university. Yeah. The last few years but were a little bumpy. But his, yeah. uh, his love affair with uh, National Merit Scholars will always yeah. – <laughs> that will always be like the number one thing that gets brought up when his name is, uh, is brought up. So it's, it's kind of funny. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, Eddie. Thank you so much for your time. Um, you can follow Eddie on Twitter. At Eddie underscore Ratto, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, staff Absolutely. writer, videographer for Sooner Scoop, part of the Franchise Morning Show uh, as well. Eddie, appreciate your time. Oh, Unofficial absolutely. 40 Podcast as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely want to plug unofficial that, so. Ford, uh, 40 Podcast and then uh, the uh, Lexus uh, Eskridge, or Eskridge Lexus uh, Postgame Podcast. So we're all on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and all that stuff. So it was fun. Yeah, follow Eddie on Twitter. Absolutely. Big thank you to Eddie Radosevich, uh, my co-worker at the franchise, for coming on the podcast. Uh, he mentioned all of his Twitter uh, credentials, his, his, his unofficial 40 podcast, uh, Sooner Scoop work, all of that. Definitely follow Eddie, one of the best in the business as far as covering uh, OU football, as far as covering, co- covering fo- college football, as far as I'm concerned. Eddie does a great job, so definitely appreciate him coming on the podcast. Uh, and one more little housekeeping thing. I wanted to thank Gracie Terrell from Bring on the Cats, which is Kansas State's SB Nation blog. Uh, we had a whole 40-plus minute interview with her uh, that was lost due to some uh, technical difficulties. Seems like it's something every week. So uh, appreciate your patience as we continue to work through some of those technical difficulties. And I uh, just wanted to throw Bring on the Cats and Gracie a, a bone because that was a wonderful interview. And uh, honestly, I'm really, really bummed that we lost it. That's really frustrating. Uh, but we still have a uh, still had a great show today. So again, definitely appreciate Eddie. Appreciate Gracie. Uh, and uh, yeah, on, be- on behalf of Jack Shields, I am Matt Ravis. Thank you so much for listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast. We'll be back next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.